0: This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our Top Stories NATO's Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said that it is, quote, likely that a missile that hit a farm in Poland was fired by Ukraine's Air Defense Force. He added that it was, quote, not Ukraine's fault, since the country was defending itself against Russian missile attacks. At a press conference after an emergency NATO meeting, Mr. Stoltenberg said that the alliance's, quote, top priority is providing air defenses to Ukraine. Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva, Britain's incoming president, was greeted enthusiastically at COP27, the UN climate summit in Egypt. Lula told delegates that, quote, Brazil is back and promised to fight deforestation in the Amazon rainforest. Germany and Norway have signaled that they are willing to help revive the Amazon Fund, a coalition working to protect the area. Mitch McConnell was reelected leader of the Republican Party in America's Senate, winning 37-10 against Rick Scott, who was backed by Donald Trump and other right-wingers. The challenge was the first that Mr. McConnell, who has led his party in the Senate since 2007, has faced and marks the latest instance of Republican infighting. Last night, Mr. Trump announced that he would run for the presidency in 2024, defying some of his party's senior advisors. Britain's annual inflation rate reached 11.1% in October, up from 10.1% in September and a 41-year high. The cost of food and non-alcoholic drink, for instance, rose by 16.2%. Britain's chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, is expected to raise taxes in his autumn budget on Thursday. Meanwhile, Dominic Raab, Britain's deputy prime minister, requested an independent investigation into accusations of bullying made against him. Some 15 trucks loaded with food entered the Ethiopian region of Tigray, the first such deliveries since the Ethiopian government and Tigrayan rebels made peace on November 2nd, As part of the pact that froze a two-year-long civil war, Ethiopia's government agreed to allow aid to enter Tigray unhindered. Some 6 million people live in the region, many of whom are on the brink of starvation. An activist investor issued an open letter arguing that Alphabet should take quote, aggressive action to reduce staff and wages. TCI Fund Management holds a $6 billion stake in Google's parent company, not enough to force its hand. Google had already put a freeze on new hiring. Other giants of Silicon Valley, including Meta and Amazon, started layoffs earlier this month, anticipating a downturn. Tencent, a Chinese video game giant, reported revenues of 140 billion yuan, or $19.8 billion, in its third quarter, a fall of 2% from the same period a year earlier and its second consecutive quarterly drop. China's crackdown on tech has hurt the firm's growth. The company has lost close to 60% of its market value since February 2021 and is planning layoffs. And fact of the day, 1.6 billion. The number of international tourist trips forecast to take place in 2023, still 300 million fewer than in 2019. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Indonesia's economy is ready to boom. Like much of the world, Indonesia is battling inflation. In October, prices rose by 5.7% year on year, well above the Bank of Indonesia's target of 2 to 4%. So on Thursday, policymakers are expected to increase interest rates for the fourth consecutive month by half a percentage point to 5.25%. Indonesia's economic prospects, however, are bright. The economy grew at an annual rate of 5.7% in real terms in the quarter ending in September, the fastest pace in over a year. Foreign investment has poured into the country's metal processing sector, which draws on abundant deposits of nickel and other metals. Exports are booming as demand for other natural resources, such as palm oil, has risen. Joko Widodo, Indonesia's president, has managed the economy well, keeping government debt low and reintroducing a deficit cap. But that also presents a challenge. Jokowi, as he is known, must step down at the end of his second term in 2024. His successor may not guide the economy as well as he has. Britain's Autumn Budget On Thursday, Britain's latest chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, will deliver his first autumn statement, designed to reassure investors its contents will make voters squeal. The backdrop is Britain's deteriorating economic outlook, rising interest rates, and a sharp increase in the bill to service the government's debt. To achieve forecasts that by 2027-28 the debt-to-GDP ratio will be falling, the government is expected to announce spending cuts and tax rises worth nearly £55 billion or $65.4 billion annually, or around 2.5% of GDP. Much of the total will come from squeezing spending on public services. That is unwelcome news for those already concerned about cracks in health services and elsewhere. Current budgets are being eaten away by rising costs. Strikes over wages are looming, too. Household finances are already stretched. Two months ago, Mr. Hunt's predecessor recklessly promised tax cuts. Now, tax increases are on the cards, though they may only happen slowly as thresholds are frozen. Mr. Hunt will argue that his fiscal medicine is necessary, but it will not go down easily. Burberry's Buoyant Six Months Though high street clothing retailers have struggled in 2022, it has been a good year to tailor the rich. With their customers less at the mercy of inflation, many luxury fashion brands have enjoyed bumper profits. Expectations are thus high on Thursday as Burberry, a classic British brand, reports earnings for the first half of the year. Burberry will probably return to pre-pandemic levels of profitability. The chief executive, Jonathan Aykroyd, will also unveil his plan to compete with European rivals. Mr. Aykroyd has emphasized the brand's Britishness and replaced former creative director Riccardo Tisci, an Italian, with Daniel Lee, a Yorkshireman. The brand's future, however, lies closer to Beijing than Bradford. Burberry made £1.3 billion or $1.6 billion last year from Asia, almost half its total. But sales in China, its biggest Asian market, have been hurt by the country's zero-COVID policy. Some analysts predict that China's luxury market will recover in 2023. Mr. Aykroyd will be hoping they are right. A new leader for America's Catholics On Thursday, American bishops meet in Baltimore as the plenary assembly of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops wraps up. A day earlier, the bishops elected Timothy Broglio, the Archbishop for the Armed Forces, as their national president. He will be an important voice for the church, notably in the battle over abortion in America. Archbishop Broglio was not the most ardent pro-life campaigner on the ballot, but the bishop's hard line on abortion is unlikely to change under his leadership. He supported a religious exemption for COVID-19 vaccines on the grounds that some jabs were developed using cells derived from aborted fetal tissue. His new deputy, Archbishop William Lorry, has chaired the conference's committee on pro-life activities. The conference is out of step with many American Catholics. According to Pew Research Center, a think tank, more than half believe abortion should be legal in all or most cases. The Latin Grammy Awards It has been a bumper year for Latin music. In March, Anita became the first Brazilian singer to top Spotify's global song chart. Bad Bunny, a Puerto Rican who was the most-streamed artist on Spotify in 2020 and 2021, has smashed records again in 2022. When his album Un Verano Sentí, A Summer Without You, was released on May 6th, Bad Bunny became the most-streamed artist on a single day ever. On Thursday, at the Latin Grammy Awards in Las Vegas, the acts will probably win industry plaudits too. Bad Bunny leads with 10 nominations. Anita's hit single En Barber, Involved, is up for Record of the Year. Others with a good chance of success include Camilo, a Colombian singer-songwriter, and Edgar Barrera, a Mexican musician. Latin music is also gaining more recognition at international award shows. Un Verano is shortlisted for Album of the Year at America's Grammys in February 2023, a first for a Spanish-language record. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 Hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday Which rock group produced the international hit Chasing Cars? Wednesday, which American retail chain was founded in 1923 by a Mr. Pressman? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Helen Keller. Tyranny cannot defeat the power of ideas.